Okay, welcome everyone. The Parsha, Parsha Tzitzavim, this week, um, as we are standing close to Erev Rosh Hashanah, so the Parsha itself lends itself a lot to Inyone Tshuva, and more specifically, Tshuva has like a, a, a the Chavetz Chaim once, Rabbi Chanan Wasserman was going to, I believe it was South America, and it was a rare visit, you know, travel was not like it was today, that a Godel would be in South America, and he went, he asked his Rebbe, the Chavetz Chaim, what message he should deliver to the South, uh, South Africa, South, I said South America, South Africa, South African Jews, and the Chavetz Chaim told them, tell them in my name, that tshuva is not a beer. I know tshuva is not a scary thing. It's you have charot on what you did in the past. You makabel not to do it again, and you say vidui v'pet. Obviously, you stop doing it. So that's tshuva, and it's not so scary. And you could a person tuzay for tremendous amount. They clear off all the averes that are on the neshama, and a, a person accomplishes a tremendous amount with tshuva. But there's a tshuva on specific acts, and then there's a tshuva on the mahalach hachayim, on what path a person has chosen to live their life according to. Where, is their, where are they going? The marshal would be, if a person uh, was a terrorist, they were raised to be a terrorist, and they have a train full of explosives that's going into some populated area, and the... the the way that they have it set up is that the train is going to, as it gets to a bend over some popular area, it's going to go off the tracks and crash into tons of people, and then blow up and cause more damage. So this person realizes there's some place along the way that this is Loizu Haderech and he's, he shouldn't be a terrorist. He, he has Karata. He has so he, he takes all the explosives and he throws them off the train. That's very good. He's saved a lot. But if the train is still barreling down the tracks towards this large population center, there's still a very big problem. A, a person picks up many Averas along the way over the course of the year, and we want to get rid of them. But there's a reason why we picked up so many Averas along the course of the year. And it's because we're living our life a certain way, according to a certain pattern, and a certain, what we think is important and what's not important, and a person not only has to get rid of these specific events, but they have to change the course of their life as well. And they have to turn the train around and start pointing in the other direction. And the reality is that in the muscle we gave of the train with the explosives, if the more important part is turning the train around, because if you get the train going in the other direction, then the explosives won't hurt anyone. Right? If a, the person has to, the first step in shuva, the more important step in shuva, Aside from the specifics, and Mr. Shem will do that too, but is to take, get a hold of where am I going and to, to make a change. So there's a Pasuk in this week's parasha that Mamish talks to this point. The Pasuk says, it's Moshe Benu is Tan so look, we're all here, we're, 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 we're in it for Hashem, we're locked up together with Him. He's, uh, we have a bris with Hashem. And we're all in that bris, those who are here today, those who are not here today, everyone's in all classroom. And he says, but maybe there's a, someone here, or maybe a lot of someone's here, who have a little something in them that's turning away from Hashem, even today. And he says, if that's true, 
So then it's going to be big problems. And he lists many of the, many of the things that will go wrong. He says, but maybe someone will say, so it's Pasuk Yud Ches, Ches, Pasuk Yud Ches. He says, You'll hear the curses. And the person will calm himself, will comfort himself in his heart. And what's his comfort going to be? He says, I don't have to worry about those curses. You know why I don't have to worry about the curses? Because I go confidently. I don't worry. So you know why I don't have to worry? Because I don't. Because I don't worry. I walk around. Life is good. Right? And I'm singing songs the whole day. You know, and then... Thank you, Hashem, and everything's gewalt, and my life is a joy. Everything's happy. So then, that's why I don't have to worry. So, the Pasuk says, if you do that, Laman is harova al So then you're going to be adding the thirsty, or the, 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 the fed to the thirsty. So, very not clear what the Pasuk is talking about. Why would a person think that because they're not concerned, that's the reason not to be concerned? Because I don't worry about things. If a person's walking in a really dangerous area, and they don't watch out, so that's a very big reason to be concerned. The person says, I'm going to go with my eyes closed over this tightrope. So then you're probably going to fall off the tightrope. What's, what's the Pasuk say? I think the shot in the Pasuk is that we know there's a, a rule... That says that It's better for a person to be a shaygeg, to do a verse by mistake, than to do it on purpose. So if you see someone doing something uh, that's wrong, and you know that they're probably not going to listen if you tell them, so it's better not to tell them, and this way they continue doing it by mistake, instead of now knowing that it's wrong and doing it anyways, doing it on purpose. That's halacha. However, that halacha is not a rule in all of life. That Allah has a rule maybe on only on a Durabonah that someone doesn't know about and they're not going to listen to anyways. But for a person to say, the way I'm going to live my life is I'm going to make sure that I don't know what could go wrong. I'm going to make sure to be a shaykh. I'm going to make sure that I don't think too deeply into things. And when Hashem comes and says, how come you live your life that way? Why do you make something of yourself? Why do you become a Tamil why do you Why do you do things that matter? He said, no, you don't understand. I didn't think that deeply. I never thought about it. When you ask me, what do you think I put you into this world for? I said, I made sure never to ask myself that question. And a person thinks that's going to potter him. So what that's like is a person who gets into a car and he drives down the street and then he closes his eyes. And he's driving and he smashes into cars and then he knocks over a fire hydrant. And finally, he plows into a crowd of 10 people. And he says, I, I, oh, that was bad. My bad. Right, my bad. But when they say, you're bad, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. He says, no, what you, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't see there was anyone there. Tyler says, you did worse than not seeing there's anyone there. You set yourself up to not be able to see anyone being there. Rashi says, Pshat, in Laman, Soifa is harava al small. Rashi says harava is averus that a person does b'shayik. He says normally when a person does averus b'shayik, so it's judged differently. It's judged as a lesser avera that a person does by mistake than if he does it on purpose. But to feel what we're saying, 
if a person makes a shita out of being a shaykh, if a person makes it that his policy in life is not to think too deeply into what he's supposed to be doing, and he just gets on the highway and closes his eyes, so then there's no more shaykh. Even a shaykh that he does for real, if he would have known, he would have, whatever, it was a mistake. It doesn't matter anymore because you can't claim mistake. Your whole, the way you set up your life is that everything's going to be a mistake. So now everything is treated as a, as a, as a mason. And a person makes all his averis more serious if he lives his life that way. If a person has his thinking cap on, if he's, he's analyzing everything, so when he misses something, and he doesn't cut, and he does something wrong without realizing, so he can claim, look, I was always trying to be careful, or, or sometimes I gave in to my Yitzhahara, but, but I was, I was at, looking out for the Yitzhahara. So then when a mistake happens, he can claim a mistake. But a person who says, I don't want to know, I don't want to think, don't talk to me about it. I have too many things I need to do, and, and too many fun that I want to have, and it's just, sorry, it, you're, what you're saying is too heavy, and it's too serious, and I can't listen to that. So then, he's making a shita out of not knowing. Then everything becomes very serious. And he can't claim, I didn't know. Because you made it that you don't know. There's another pshat in these words, Laman Safasar Raval the Ramban. The Ramban on itself is a very important thing to know anyways. The Ramban says that the way the Yetzirah works is, there's a Yetzirah that a person naturally is attracted to. It's in taiva for uh, something. A food, whatever it may be. Uh, to have more possessions. Uh, let's say a person has a taiva for a, it's a big house. Right? Nice, nice, he just wants a nice big house with space. Right? When a person goes and engages in that, and he, without making a cheshbon, he just goes and gets himself a big house. So now, the natural thing is that he starts wanting more things. And he wants more things. And each step that a person takes, following mm-hmm. after his goof, and following after what he wants, and just doing because that, that's what I want. So things that you never wanted before start to come onto the radar. And the things that you wanted, but they stop doing it for you. It stops, uh, anyone's ever played a video game. So you want the video game, you want the video game, you want the video game, you're all excited to play it, all excited, all excited. For two weeks, or three weeks, or four weeks if it's a really good one. And then you need some update, you need the next game. Because the excitement that the Yitzhah has to offer is just the excitement of new. The pleasure itself, in, 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 in advertising they say that the sizzle is better than the steak. When they make a commercial about steak, they show the guy putting the steak onto the grill. Smoke come up. Show a guy eating the steak. So that's a little piece at the end. But much more is in the preparation of the steak. You see him chopping tomatoes and crisp peppers. And, uh, because the eating is never as good as the picturing yourself eating. And everyone knows that. And when you finally get it, right, again, imagine that you had like that, you had your ice cream or whatever it is, you had it once. Like, I need to get that again, I need to get that again. And you're going to have it the second time, right? Yeah, that. Nah, it must have been a different company. It, it was not as good the second time. Because the memory of it, the experience that you build up in your head, that's really what the type is about. And Mela, real life can never live up to it. So you have to go for something more wacky and something a little bit more crazy. A bigger adrenaline rush. You have to do something more dangerous. You have to do something more scary. You have to do something that you might get caught. Because that's what happens. So. We can, if we put it into the way we're explaining the pasuk of the shriyas, the shriyas, that a person goes just 
confident. I'm not going to think about it too much. If a person is, has their thinking cap on, if you're paying attention, so a person begins to notice the shift in the things that they're interested in. And you know that, you know, it used to be, well, it used to be this, and now it got, it's, it's getting a little more, and you're looking for new things, and different things, a person can notice it. And therefore, they can put the brakes on it. They'll say, look, I have enough Yetzirahs already. The Yetzirahs I have, we'll try to fight them, we'll deal with them, but I'm not taking on new Yetzirahs. You know, let's say a person has, uh, you find, you have a, it's a series of books that you're reading. We won't name any names. But you have a series of books that you're reading. And you know that it's keeping you up to late at night. Right, so I think applicable for us too. Um, that we have different things that, you know, you're not fully functional the next day because I was, I just had to finish it. And, and you, you, it's taking away from your time to, free time to learn. It's taking away from your ability to do homework properly. And you're fighting with your sisters and brothers over it. Whatever it may be. The, the problems that are coming up. And now someone tells you, there's a new series. Oh, if you like that, you're going to love this. So it might be it, uh, at least a consideration, but a person has to think and say, I'm having enough trouble with this series, which we see no end in sight. They're just kind of adding on books of the, you know, the same thing recycled over and over and over again. Do I have to start myself on another one? Now, again, the answer might be, yes, that's what I'm holding. I'm not holding on working on that yet. The answer might be, you're all getting older, the answer might be no. The answer might be that the time has come to say, okay, I'll finish this series, but I'm not starting another one. I'm not starting another one. I see what it does for me. It's not, a good, it's not good for me. Right? If a person gets the Wall Street Journal, and they read the Times and the Post, and now the thing, should I get the Daily News too? No, you should not. Right? <laughs> three newspapers is enough, and you'll try to win yourself off the three that you have, not to pick up another one. And, and the same thing with apps, and the same thing, these zakhim, which we know are addictive to us. So if we're not shriyash libu we're going, knowing that there's a good and there's a bad, and that we have to pay attention to it, so then we can notice as the creep starts, and we start to pick up new, newer and more problematic things. But a person who goes b'shriyash libu, he says, I'm not, I'm not paying attention. It's too scary, I don't want to hear Right? Some people, when it got to Corona, at some point, we, a lot of us became that way. So like, I don't want to hear that anyone's dying anymore. I don't want to hear any more bad news. I know there's a problem out there, and I don't want to hear about it. In some cases, that's appropriate. But when it comes to Yenushama, it's not. And a person will end up going from one Yetzirah to the next Yetzirah to the next Yetzirah, and never even realizing that's happening, because they're not paying attention. So... As Mahalach HaChayim, number one, turning the train around, the first turning of the, around of the train, forget about the specifics, is for a person to make a commitment that this year, I'm going to pay attention to myself. I'm not going to just let myself go, whatever. I'm going to ask myself, where am I supposed to be going? Where do I want to get to? And what are the steps to get there? And then, hopefully, over the course of the year, to implement some sort of plan to start going in that direction. But the first step is to start paying attention. That's the first part. I'm going to go a little out of order here. So far, we said over two years ago on Shavuos, I don't think many of you were here, and some of you may have forgotten, and even if not, it's Geval the Chazar. It's a very important part. Perak Lamed, Posik Yud Beit. So it's a very famous Posik, because it has a song. It says, Hashem says the mitzvah, according to Rashi, it's talking about learning Torah, is not far from you. And it's not 
um, impossible for you to get to. Loi Bashamayim he, it's not in heaven, Laymar, that you can say, Mi Yalalanu Hashemayim, who will go up to Shemayim and get it for us? And teach it to us. And it's not in Yam that you can say, who will go every Yam? So Rashi says, on the Loi Bashamayim he, that if it would be in Shemayim, so then you would have to make ladders and go up and get it. That sounds like something a five year old would say. Because a five year old thinks that Shemayim is just very, very high up. So if I spend a really, 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 really long time and I got all my friends to help build the ladder, so I'll eventually build one that's tall enough to get the Shemayim, and I'll go and get the tar from there. That's what Rashi said. Shemayim is not a physical place. And if the tar was in Shemayim, you wouldn't be able to build a ladder that's tall enough to get it. What in the world does Rashi say? So, we have the same question comes from a different angle. There's a, a famous piece in the Shavuos Gemara and Sata Shabbos where Yitzhar was sent on vacation on the day of Mount Torah. And he comes back afterwards. Something's different. Looks around the room. Something missing. There's no Torah in Shemayim anymore! The Torah is gone! So he says, where's the Torah? And he goes to the Tahayim and says, the Torah there, and he goes here, and he goes to all different places. And finally he finds that the Torah, Moshe brought the Torah down to earth. Right? And, he, and, and when Moshe came up to get it, the Malachim were complaining, don't take it out of Shemayim, leave it here. Do I take it down to earth? The Torah is knowledge. The Torah is a, there's not like the scroll of Torah that was up in Shemayim that Moshe went to Adra, but the scroll in Shemayim is, is made out of fire, and Moshe did not take that down to earth. So, so well, he took down the information. He brought down the Torah, he had it in his head, he wrote it down, and now we have the Torah too. In what way is it missing in Shemayim? How did the Torah stop being Bashamayim when Moshe got? Why did the Yitzhara not see up there when he, when he went to get the Torah? When he went to look for the Torah? What does it mean? Here we find there, was, there were people who had the Torah even before it was given. Arno Avinu kept the Torah before the Torah was given. If, if so, how did, he, how did he do that? So the Torah says he built a ladder. He built a ladder of himself, step by step. Without a Torah to guide him, without a Torah to lead him, without a Torah to lend the spiritual energy from himself, he made himself into a holy Kaddish person. He made himself into someone whose whole concern was Shemayim. He didn't live in this world. He lived in a world of spirituality, a world of what is the Ratzon Hashem. And everything he did was to feed the Ratzon Hashem. And when a person lives their life that way totally, so like it says, from themselves, they begin to understand the Torah. And they begin to have the Torah. That's Torah Bashamayim. Torah Bashamayim means that the only way a person can attach himself to the Torah, the only way a person has Torah, the only way a person can learn Torah, is if he's already made himself into a near perfect person. And then he can come to the knowledge of God. He can come to the mind of Hashem and connect to it. Because he's a, a fitting vehicle for that. He's something that has some shaykhs that God is That's the way the Torah used to be. And when the Torah was like that, there was no way to abuse the Torah. There was no way that anyone could make a chil Hashem with the Torah and say in the Torah or act, be someone who represents the Torah but act not like it. Because if you did, you wouldn't have the Torah. You had to have perfected yourself first. What Moshe Rabbeinu did when he went up to Shemayim is he brought the Torah down to this world. And that means it doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you behave. It doesn't matter how many averis you do. The Torah is here, 
and it's available to anyone to learn it and become enlightened by the Torah, in whatever state they are. That a person who makes himself into a Kaddish, the Torah goes in better and it flows much more smoothly. But if a person approaches the Torah as Torah and he says, I, did, I want to understand what Hashem wants of me, he could be someone who has never learned the word of Torah, he could be someone who's doing Averis Chamuris, terrible Averis. And yet, Hashem has given the Torah to us and he's able to connect to it and to become enlightened with the Arha Torah. Now, it's, it's a tremendous danger, so to speak, for Hashem. Because being that that's possible, you could have someone who's mamish, not fit, and he learns Torah, becomes a Talmud Chacham, so to speak, someone who knows a lot of Torah, but acts in ways that completely are against the Torah, and it creates a tremendous Chalashem. And the that explains a marshal that the Medrash gives. The Medrash says that there was a king who had one daughter, and he loved her very much, and uh, the time came that she needed to get married. So he stalled, and, uh, he, but it, eventually it, he had a... So he starts... Having princes come to, um, to, to see if they want to marry her. And every prince that comes, he like hassles him. Until finally one day a prince comes and there's nothing, he's, he's perfect. And he, uh, try as he might, the king cannot say, my daughter's not fit for you. So, they get married. And there's, you know, there's celebrations, whatever. But eventually the time comes, as a prince, he says, look, Tata... My father-in-law, the king, I have to get back home. I have a country that uh, is waiting for me also. So, so the king says, okay. I can't keep you here. So they start to leave. And they're going. And suddenly they hear hoofbeats behind, uh, behind the carriage. So, you know, all the guards get on edge and, and everyone's looking. And they see, you know, a little cloud comes closer and closer. And he says, horse, and who? It's the king himself. No one following him. No guards. No nothing. No, no crown. And he's just coming himself. And he, he says, I can't. I cannot bear to part from my daughter. I'm coming with you. So the king says, I just have one request. Wherever you go, and when you build your palace, make one room. And that room is like the embassy. In that room, I'm the king. It's your palace, it's your country. But in that room, you have to bow down to me, and I make the rules for the room. That's my little kingdom. So the so the, the major says that the, the Torah is the is the princess and the, the prince is Kal Yisrael, the king is obviously Hashem, and the room that he asked for, this one room that he asked for is the Basilikash. He says, I'm coming to your world, can't be apart from the Torah, come to your world, but but uh, give me a one Basilikash. So again, what, what does it mean that Hashem parts from the Torah when he gave it to us? No, he has it, we have it, Kamaldic, everyone it's like one big family. But it, L'chari means this word. It means that when Hashem gave the Torah to us, He's actually, so to speak, parting from the Torah. Because it used to be the Torah came together with Hashem. It couldn't be otherwise. If you had Hashem, you could get the Torah. If you didn't have Hashem, you can't get the Torah. Hashem made it now that you could be not with Hashem and get the Torah. So Hashem says, give me, and I, He says, I'm asking for that. I'm asking that you're going to live a life that's not 100% Hashem. Make one place, make one room, that that place is 100% fresher. And in that, at least in the base of Mikdash, I get to have it, I have you, and the Torah, and me. What we're saying, which is so important for all of us, because we don't, I think, whatever, if you're like me, we don't feel like we're 100% with Hashem. And there's a sense that, 
how close can I come to this whole thing? How, how much does it have to do with me? But the answer is that Hashem is saying, I'm, I gave you the Torah. Sit down with your Gemara, sit down with your Shulchan and learn it. And you don't have to be perfect in order to learn the Torah. But what Hashem does ask is that we should have one room that is perfect, or as perfect as we can get it. The, and he, then it was the Beis HaMikdash, and today that we don't have Beis HaMikdash, so it's the Mikdash Ma'at. It's the Shul, and it's the Beis Ma'ash. And what I think is, is very applicable for us adults in the room, and for you kids in the room, is that we try to turn those two places into as close as we can to 100% Karasha. You know, and they installed in the shoe a box to put your phone in when you come in. It's not, if phones were not allowed, then they wouldn't put a box in the shoe. They would say, you're not allowed to have a phone. Obviously, there's a sense that, look, for certain people, under certain circumstances, it's allowed. Whether it's a regular phone, whether it's a smartphone, whatever it is, but it's allowed. But not in the shoe. Not because it's bad, because it's not 100, it's, it's because it's this world. And we have to have a place that we go, which is 100% for Hashem. We have to create space in our life, and space means in time and in physical space. We are, it's just Hashem. When you come into shul, right, if you follow sports, so you, you could talk about sports with your friends outside. When you come to shul, not because it's bad, not because it's awesome, because we're trying to create a place that when we walk in, we feel different. We feel like we're 100% with Hashem. And, and as much as we can, that's what a shul has to be. And that's what yeshiva has to be. Places where it's all about Hashem. And a person should try to hold themselves to a higher standard when they walk into such places. And to be a different person, a, a bigger person, when they're in such places. So the second attitude, that, it's a two-part attitude that we're trying to change as we come to Rosh Hashanah, is number one, is to understand that even though we're imperfect, and even though we're not the way that we're supposed to be, but still we can connect to the Torah and we can use it to elevate ourselves. And we don't have to first become perfect. But the second step is that we should try as much as we can to create a place where there is a, a, it's us and Hashem and the Torah and nothing else. And the shuls and the yeshivas should be those places. To go back a, a little bit, the, the Pasuk says, in Parak Lama Pasuk Beis, the Pasuk says, the person, all the bad things that Hashem uh, tells us may happen when they happen to us, so then we will realize we made a mistake. We're going to turn to Hashem, our God. So there's a Gemara in the Sephus Yuma, the last line in the Gemara. The Gemara says, Godol Tshuva. Tshuva is, is amazing, so big, that it's Magia Akisa covered. It reaches up to the Kisa covered. And it brings a raya. The raya is because the pasuk says, "It says Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Lekafa, come back Yisrael Kaisa until Hashem your God." So that means you go you, when you do Shuva, you go all the way up to the Kisar Kavod. The problem is the pasuk I just quoted is not the pasuk here in Parshas Nitzavim. It's a pasuk in Hashem. That's another in also. So the Mashon, the Gemara there asks, he says, "Why does the?" Gemara, skip over our Pasuk, which says the same words, Anasham and go to this Pasuk in Hashaya of Shuvah Anasham Al-Kafa. If Ad is Uraya, so then bring it from our Pasuk. So the Masha says that our Pasuk 
is talking about the attitude that the Baal Shuvah has to have. A Baal Shuvah has to know and has to aim that he's coming all the way back. And that he's going to do tshuva 100%. doesn't matter how far away he is. He can do tshuva, do tshuva and get all the way back to Hashem. And that's how you have to feel. And if you don't feel that way, it's going to weaken your tshuva. He says, but it's not a raya from here. That that's actually what happens. He says, the Pasuk in Hashem is Hashem talking to Klai And he's telling them, Klai Yisrael, come all the way back to me. He's telling them that's what actually happens. That when a person does tshuva, it erases everything that's on the completely erases it, and the person is mamish close to Hashem, as close as you can be, with no interference. Through Tshuva and Yom Kippur and whatever you assume they may have to be, but Hashem will make sure that the person comes all the way back. And they, a person has to know that when they do Tshuva, it's 100%. So what I want to ask, though, is what does it, even, what does it mean, at Kisayakam? What's the significance of that phrase? What does it mean that Tshuva reaches to the Kisayakam? So there's a, there's a Sefer from the Ramam Mipano, Asarma Morris. He says an amazing word there. The Gemara tells us, and the Zara speaks of that at length, that when a person dies, so the Neshama has to pass through something called Nahar Dinar. It's a river, Dinar, of fire. And it's a very not pleasant experience. So the Shaila is, where does this river come from? So the Zara says that it comes from the sweat of the Chayas. And the Srafim, they're the ones who hold up the Kisar Kavod. And from the exertion of holding up the Kisar Kavod, so they sweat, since they're made of fire, so the sweat that comes out of the fire, and it produces this river, which the person has to then go through in order to get to the next world. So the Shiloh is, we know that the Oran is noise as noise, it carries the people who carry it. If the Oran does that, then certainly the Kisar Kavod does it. The Hashem's throne itself, of course, it uplifts the Malach and touch it. Why are they sweating from exertion of carrying the Kisa Kavod? Zot, the Ramami Pano, he says that in its natural state, that's the way it is. That the Kisa Kavod carries them off and they don't sweat at all. But when people do Averis, so it causes a tremendous Chalashem. People look and say, that's Hashem's people and that's how they behave. And the Malachim look and say, that's Hashem's people and that's how they behave. And it creates, that makes weight on the Kisa Kavod. It's instead of being able to be uplifted and standing on top of the world and everyone looks and says, Oh, Hashem, He's the best! Instead, it's... Mm, that creates the weight of the Kisar Kavod. And that's when the Chayas start to sweat. And Mil, it's Mamish Mido Kenegad Mido. The more Averis the person does, the more sweat they produce. And the bigger a river they have to go through. A person who's very careful, so they, there are a few Averis, so there's a little trickle of river, you know, whatever, the toe drags through it or... But they just step over it as they get to the next world. But a person who just did whatever they wanted, so it could be a torrent of, of sweat is pouring down because of them. Shuvah's magia kisa covered means that Shuvah reaches all the way up to the kisa covered. The chil Hashem that was made by the Avera gets erased, and the kisa covered is uplifted. And some of the times are not sweating anymore. And the river gets to dry up. Right? Yesterday, everything was flooded. I had to drive through a lake to get someplace. I, my check engine light goes on. I almost blew out my whole car. And today, well, a few streets are still closed off because the trees mostly, but the, the water is gone. Right? If a person does tshuva, it's an amazing zap. Because who knows that you did tshuva? Who necessarily sees that you did tshuva? How does it erase the chalashem? How does the magia kisai cover? 
But Hashem says, that's what I'm going to do for you. I'll make it that the, the Chil Hashem goes away too. And that the COVID Hashem is uplifted. And a person doesn't have to then worry about the Nahar Dinor. As a final word, the Pazik says in Paraglamid Pazik Tess, the Pazik says, V'harisicha Hashem le'kacha b'chol ma'asiyadacha. Hashem will increase for you all the work of your hand. The Pashtus, in simple sense, it just means a person will get a lot of bracha, and they'll have more of whatever they start with. Kedushas Levi says a very important part. We were speaking about this in the Sunday night share on Derech Hashem. Not this part, but it's, here it is in the parasha. He says like this. He says that a person has to know that when you want good in your life, when you want good things, you're not trying to schlep them out of Hashem's pocket like without him looking or begging him and pleading with him. And he doesn't want to give it to you, but you'll get him to give it. The one who wants to give you good most of all is HaKadosh Baruch Hashem wants to give it more than anyone else does. He wants you to be happy more than you want to be happy. Zotokush is Levi. If a person has kol masi adacha, if you have all the stuff that you have, and you accept it, and you say, I'm going to take this bracha, whatever I have, I'm going to accept it because it makes Hashem happy that I should be happy. And you wish in order to make Hashem happy that He's able to do what He wants to do and give to you. So... You accept it, and a person acts in a way that allows Hashem to give him kol brach in this world. A person does not know does mitzvah, so that Hashem will give him good in this world. So the hasiroicha, Hashem says, not only does the original mitzvah that you did get you schach, but the acceptance of the schach gives you schach. Because you're doing it for Hashem. Hashem says, I want to give you, and you're making it possible for me to give you. So if you do that with Shema, so it becomes this like ever-increasing cycle. And a person says, oh, Hashem, you're going to give me more? I accept that too, happily. Hit me with it. Because I know that's going to make you happy. So then it just keeps increasing. And the person gets more. You have to understand the world you're living in. You're not fighting with Hashem. It's not you trying to get things from Him. He wants to give you. He wants you to have Olam Haba. He wants you to be the happiest creature in all of creation. But there's rules. Imagine a, a, a father... I have this in the summer, right? Every, there's a, I eat in the dining room. I work in camp, I eat in the dining room. And there's two soda machines outside. So every single day, both of my little kids come up to me, Ty, you have a dollar? You have a dollar? I want to get a soda. You have a dollar? And I usually don't have a dollar. No, I don't have a dollar. But you know what? They keep asking. I know they want it. It's not I had outside. So I make sure to carry two dollars with me every day. And I give my kid a dollar. And he goes to put it in the machine. It comes back complaining, the machine ate my dollar. Alright, I put it in, I didn't get a soda. And I feel bad, but I have no more money, I'm sorry. What am I supposed to do? Go speak to the canteen guy, maybe I'll get it back. Next day, the machine ate my dollar. Next day, the machine ate my dollar. Next day, the machine ate my dollar. So it's getting crazier, so I go over to one of the other kids, I'm like, does the machine eat all the dollars? I'm like, no. No one else has this problem. So I go to my kid, I said, what, what are you? He says, look, I'll show you. He takes the dollar, puts it in, says, see? Nothing's coming out. Did you push the button? Huh? What button? He doesn't know that you have to push a button. So obviously, as the father who just spent $800 on non-sodas, right, it's very frustrating. Push the button! You want to say, try to be a little bit nicer. Tell you how you do it, you have to push the button. But that's exactly how it's in Hashem. Hashem has the machine loaded up. And he's ready to give you cold time, friends, 
and success and geschmack and business and Torah and everything. And he says, just push the button. It says you have to daven. So when a person comes to daven, they're not trying to get out from Hashem. You know, it's like, like sometimes you just hope you shake the machine enough and something will fall down. It's very dangerous. Don't do it. But that's not what you're doing. You already put the money in and he wants to give it to you. Just push the button. That's what we have to do. We have to push the button. We have to realize that the brocha is mamish ready to come pouring down upon us, but we have to, we have to make it happen. We're going to, uh, again, in a few days before the next year, we're going to be standing, Mitzvah all of us, on Rosh Hashanah. So this is a word we've said many times before, at least once in this year, and once in 750, but it's worth hearing again. I'll give the abbreviated version. The Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went to, when he met Hashem, so to speak, for the first time, when he stood by the by the snare, so Hashem told him, Take your shoes off your feet. The place is standing on this holy ground. So the Baal Shem Tov, more or less, says the following. He says that people have a tendency to always want to be someplace else. We're talking in Ruchnes. A person always thinks that they should be, I should be in a different yeshiva, then I would be doing better. And I, if I had a different chavrusa, if I lived in a different neighborhood, if I had a different situation, if I had more time, if I had less time, if I... A person always wants to be someplace else. And... Shoes are used for walking. So stop with the shoes. Stop with going to your next place. The place you are, that is holy ground. That's where I want you to serve me. The time will come when your situation will change. You're even allowed to work to make the situation change. But while it hasn't changed yet, that's the avoid that I want from you. If today the room is hot, so of course you speak to someone and say, try to get an air conditioner in here. But while it's hot, what I want from you to do is learn when it's hot. And I, you don't learn as well, so today I don't want from you as well learning. Today I want learning when it's hard. And if a person has very little time to learn, and they would love, I, I wish I had a, a few hours to learn. But... Today what you have is that you have to scratch it out 45 minutes out of a schedule that's totally packed. That's what I want from you today. Your avoidance Hashem is to serve me in the way you are today. And this solves a very difficult riddle. You know, they ask this uh, question, right? What color was George Washington's white horse? Right, when was the War of 1812? And people are like, I don't know, it's in 1812, right? It's in the name. So how many days are there in the, of tshuva, in the Aserosimei tshuva? In the 10 days of repentance. How many days of repentance are there? And the answer is, 8. Right, because on Rosh Hashanah, the two days of Rosh Hashanah, you're not supposed to do tshuva. A person is supposed to focus on being Mamluk Hashem, and they're not supposed to do tshuva on those days. So... <laughs> Why is it called part of the Sesame Shuvah? And how could it even be that on the day that you're being judged, you're not supposed to do Shuvah? The answer is, that when a person does Shuvah, or contemplates doing Shuvah, so there's a part of them that says, that means where I am today is not good. Where I, I'm in a place of not serving Hashem. I have to get 
to the place of serving Hashem. I have to get back to the battlefield. Today I, I, I ran away. I was, a, I was a AWOL. I ran away from the fight. So I have to get back to the fight. But until I do, I'm free. Because I'm, not, I'm off to that. Right? That's, that is a rejection of the kingdom of Hashem. A person on Hashem has to understand that Hashem is everywhere. No matter, if it doesn't make if you did the same Avera over and over and over and over a thousand times, Hashem is there. And the next time it comes up, that's Anmas Kodesh. And it doesn't make a difference how far you come. Maybe you should be the guy who, who knows what. And you've made a complete mess of your life. It doesn't matter. You're still in the army. And Hashem is the Melech wherever you are. And on Rosh Hashanah is the day that we turn around the train. We say, I understand today you are my king. It doesn't matter what I did yesterday. It doesn't matter what I did the moment before I say Hamelach. Hashem, wherever I am. And the guy, again, you know, there's, there's uh, a... <laughs> he, he's like, uh, everyone's screaming on Hamelach. And he's bushwhacking his way through some jungle someplace because he's trying to run away from the whole thing. But he hops, it's Roshan, and from deep in the jungle, he screams out, Hamelech! That's what it is. That's the truth. And it doesn't matter whether it's the physical jungle or the spiritual jungle that the person has gotten himself into. Wherever you are, you can say Hamelech. And Lechor, that explains the Minhah. The Minhah is that the Shlach Tzibar on, on, on Yom Nerayim stands by his seat, right? By us, he's always a uh, Finkel on the first day in 750, right? He's out there in the corner. And you're sitting here. And I remember when I was a kid, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, I'm waiting for it to start. And suddenly, psh, over there, you hear. And I start singing the tune. And then, from in the corner. And then he walks to the, um, what's this part? Perhaps an Indian of that minhog is. That he's saying, wherever I am, I could be in the furthest corner of the shul, or wherever that, maybe the concentration pack could go to the furthest corner of the shul. I can call out Hamelech from there, because that's the avoid that we're going to do. The avoid is to understand that on Rosh Hashanah, no matter what you've been doing until then, today we accept Hashem as our voice. And He gets to tell us what to do, and we're going to try our hardest to live according to what He says from today forward. And whatever I did in the past, and wherever I am, I'm going to accept that that's the way it is. And I'm going to make sure to do it. Now, this, I want to end off with the other flip side of that. And that is that if it's Almas Kodesh, wherever you are is your holy ground, you have to realize that you have to use that ground. And whoever has talents, and anyone who has abilities, and is in a position to do something and affect other people, so that's his Almas Kodesh. Like we said last week, you can't run away from it. Not allowed to run away from it. And a person who has the ability to make a difference has to take that. You have to step up to the plate. And you have to make that difference. And for some people, it, it's, it's one person that you can make a difference on. You have one friend, depending on how you act with him, you know, you, you two kibbutz in class a lot, then you make trouble or whatever. Between the two, you decide it's going to be different from today on. That's your Almas Kodesh. And then there are people who have the ability to affect many, many people. Uh, right? uh, Rabbi Framowitz is uh, giving this beautiful, some of you were there, uh, the, the thing in, in, in the shul, he learns Mishnahis of people. Right? He does, he's a busy person, 
What a job. He's not a rabbi. He's not his position. He doesn't have to do it. But he saw that he has an it was it wasn't he came up with an idea. It wasn't even really he was and I said, why not me? Maybe I can give the shit. And now you finish Msachtas already and there's a Kaltarian in the shul, this, this beautiful Zach. Kids coming to learn at night after a long day in Yeshiva. That's an amazing thing. Had it happened? Because someone said Amas Kaidish. Someone said, if this is something that I can do, if this is something that's been presented to me, then this is what I have to step up to the plate. And for those of us who feel old already and feel like where our lives are set, we have to realize that Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 years old and he had had a long and interesting life before he came to, to the snap. And, you know, when he saw it, it could be like, you know what, this one will be for someone else. I, I did my searching, I did my trying, I did my growing, I did all my things. Let the next person step up. The person has to realize you can't do that. If you still have the ability, then it's ad mas You have to be ready to become a new person today. And for those of you who are just starting out on the Mahalach, and it's a shame, you have a long life ahead of you. So you have to realize that there's so many opportunities that you're going to have to make a difference to one person, to your family, to the shul, to the neighborhood, to the whole world. And ad mas You have a job in front of you. Is to make sure to grab those opportunities and to make something of them. And in that, that's how you accept Hashem as your king. To understand that you're always in the army of Hashem. You always are looking for opportunities to, to do the work of God on this world. And if you do that, so then that's the Emesa Kibble of Hashem as your king. To do that on Rosh Hashanah and to be Zoycha to a Din Kasher and Ksilat Simatayla. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone. Um, we're up to Chilak Aleph, Parak, Ravii, Ice. We're in the middle of Isaiah. Before we start, at the, the, the height of Corona, uh, it's, uh, so it was very hard, I don't know, not even at the height, even past the height, it was very hard to talk to people about Corona. Because it was a very charged topic, and uh, people had uh, strong opinions about the matter. And as an example, not picking sides here, just the people who held that everyone should be wearing masks were very vocal about it. And without you having to ask them, they would tell you that everyone should be wearing masks. And the, they don't understand why the yeshivas are not requiring masks, or if the yeshivas are requiring masks, they don't understand why anyone would not understand why yeshivas are requiring masks. And so too, when it comes to uh, the vaccines for Corona, it's, a, it's the same story. People are maybe a little it's less charged. It's befrat that it's not nicker whether a person is vaccinated or not. But people are very open about what, they, what their shita is on the matter. Certainly... Um, just because it's the Kum as opposed to the Sheva Al-Tasa, the people who hold that, that you should be um, masking up or vaccinating, they're, they're like, uh, they, they go and they campaign for it. And they try to convince people that they should be doing these things, which they are, you know, are going to save people and make a big difference. And not only they, but Ad that the government is backing such 
things and, and spending millions of dollars trying to educate people on what they need to do. And whether or not we, um, whether or not we hold of, the, in the particular here about wearing a mask or vaccinating, but we, we hear where people are coming from. You know, as you could hear, let's say, let's say it's not clear now what, the, how, what it should be, but if it was clear, if it would be nicker that, that in mamish makes a difference and, and that it's, uh, it's going to save lives, so then you would be upset at people who don't do it, and you'd be going around trying to convince people they should do it, and, and there'd be campaigns to keep people out of shul who are not, etc., etc., and that would all be very well understood. Rav Yisrael, in, in, in our Yisrael, in the Rav Salanta, in the first letter, so he writes this, tell me them, uh, with uh, and his family members, that's what he's writing to, with disappointment. And he says, I spoke to you, and I thought that you'd listen to me, and you didn't. And so I'm going, to re- I'm going to say it again, but the most important thing you could do is to try to go out and convince people to learn Musa. Now, that sounds like a nudnik. It's a, thank you very much for making an effort. It sounds like a, the people who want it, want it. For the people who, for them, it floats their boat, so then let them do it. And then why do we have to go around bothering people who are not interested in it? That's the attitude that we have if, if we see it as, look, it's an Isaac, whatever, it's, it's an interesting topic. So then, if people who are interested in it, they're interested in it, and people who are not, are not. But if, if a person sees it as kihem kayenu, that, that being a person who's doing the right thing, being a person who has a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is what we are here for, and our life is wasted, and, and worse than wasted, the type of person we are is a destructive person who brings darkness into the world with most of what we do. If we don't learn this stuff, so then, the, the, if we're real, if we were real about it, there sh- we should be campaigning the same way we did it by, by Corona and, and be busy with, just like, as you hand out the mask to the person, right? There should be a stack of Mr. Sherms on the Gabai's stand uh, there. And every guy who comes in, at least to offer it to him, at least to try to make him feel uncomfortable, how come you're not doing it? And he has to explain himself. No, it's because I'm already, uh, I already learned Musa today. I don't, I don't need it. And, and right, maybe you should have to have a Musa passport. Then you shouldn't be allowed into indoor places without, without having learned Musa that day because you're, you're going to infect other people with your wrong days and your wrong way of doing things and your bad midas. The reason why we don't, we don't react like that is because we don't really believe that it matters. And, and to the extent that we, I mean, we believe it, but we don't really believe it. And we don't really believe it. So, Maisa, uh, we've been going through the Derech Hashem Shir here. We're uh, almost finished the first Shar. Okay, I don't know, almost. Well, it depends how you say almost, whatever. But in, in size, we're almost finished the first Shar. And so the, right, Maisa, the Shir is, is still, uh, I'm sure it's gigantic on... on uh, Podcast land, but in person it's small. Um, the question is, how come we're not campaigning for everyone in the neighborhood to come? Again, I, it sounds a little weird when you're the market chair saying this. Sorry for having to sound weird. I'm not coming, Mitaris. My wife asks me every time I get home, she says, How is the share? I said, The share is amazing. 
I said, but not because I gave it amazing, because it's amazing stuff for learning. I can just throw my glove out there like they say. I put the table down on the table and it's an amazing share. It's an amazing share, but, I, but I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that, that it, it's shy, maybe it's the way I'm giving it over, that we're, we're getting into, the, into um, a land where it's, uh, it's in the Luftin and, and it's, it, it helps us think about things a certain way, but that it's, it's not changing the way we behave, which is what it's meant to do. That's what we said at the beginning. We want it to be a Muslim safer, not really a Hashkafa safer. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with learning Hashkafa somewhere, because it does filter down, and wrong Hashkafas are also, and a person has to have correct Hashkafas, and a person, can, the, you know, you can't become an Abikaris by doing Averis, but you could become an Abikaris by having wrong days. So they're a serious thing, and, and a person has to have right days. But Afal Pikain, we want that it should come out lamaisa. So, uh, my hope is, but well, you know, you know, as myself included, that I should look back at the course of the past half year. How well, it's about how long we've been doing this in Shemais, and to see a difference that it made a difference in me that I'm more focused on my Hashem. And and if that's true, then I should feel the need to go out and campaign for people. I want them to feel this also. And I want them to see that difference too. So I'm making a campaign um, to all within the sound of my voice. To to this is what Rabbi Saul says to them. He says to them, "I, I want you to go out and convince have meetings every Shabbos on how you can convince the, the, the influencers in the neighborhood to start learning Musr. So that this way, other people will follow them. And he says it will be a very big talus to you because it will strengthen your resolve to do it." And your chashivas for Muslim when you convince other people to do it. And it will be able to tell us harabim because it will get people to do it. So I'm doing my part to try, again, it sounds weird coming from the Magad share. And it's not a void. I, I mamish, have no problem giving the share. I, I haven't yet seen what I would have done if nobody came. If I would have given it, with, I would have given it, probably. With the same gishmak, I don't know. But certainly to one person, I have no problem giving it. With the same Gishmak, because it's Gishmak Gizach, and I hold it so important. Uh, I mamish hold it so important. I hold it a safer that changes people. Um, we have to see on, in Sharbez, Sharbez is more, th- this Shar is about Avayz Hashem. Sharbez is more, uh, uh, Sharbez is about Hashkacha, so that also is important. Some of the Shar Gimel is, is more uh, Hashkafic, so to speak. Uh, we have to see that we should be able to ter- take, not just have it be Hashkafic, and take it and have it ma- make a difference. But I'm asking if any of the listeners has seen that it has made a difference. So to to try then to to share that with other people, and to to make it a zach again. Uh, let it. It doesn't have to be me. If they could find the derech Hashem share online or someplace or some other way, start their own derech Hashem share. Abi that the sefer should be learned. It's a gavaldik a sefer that makes a tremendous difference in 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 the way people serve Hashem. And it should be learned, and, and, and it should be to our credit that if it, uh, it's able to spread. Okay, that's right. Um, so after that, uh, strange thing of the Magad share, pumping his own share. Today's share, I, I, I leave, I'm going to leave off with a lot of Tzarek Ian's, I think. I'm not, I'm not sure about a lot of the things. I have a big, big kashas on what's coming up. Um, not, not as in, I don't understand how I could say such a thing, just the Gedorim of certain parts of what he's saying. So let's begin. And, and then we'll try to work it out. So, 
um, we were in the middle of the Ramchal telling us how we're supposed to, he says that a person's job is to be pointed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu all the time. But he lives in a physical world, so that's very difficult. So Hashem set it up that by doing physical actions as a service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not only does that not take away from your attention on Hashem, but it, allow, it strengthens your attention to Hashem. Because not only is your mind there, your body's there too, and everything you're doing really is then bringing you close to Hashem. And so he says it's divided into two parts. There's things that you do as a mitzvah, because Hashem commanded it, and then there are things that you do which are dar rishos. So he said the mitzvah has to be done within the gedarim that Hashem said, it should be done with kavana, as we discussed. And now he's in the middle of talking about the part of a person doing the things that are tzarech himself, um, he's doing them because he has to do them, and doing those l'shem shemayim. So he said, Vaiter, they have to be mugdar with the gedarim of halacha, that you can't do things that are aser. Secondly, we said, and spoke barichas last week, that the kavona should be, they, that they, they should be done in a way that brings a person to proper health. And like we uh, tried to expand on last week, that's not just physical health, it's mental health and readiness as well. And anything that can be used to sh- make a person a better kli to serve Hashem is fear game for this sort of activity. Um, uh, obviously, within reason, I know, it, it, to, to take a muscle of a, of a tool, if someone spends hours and hours and hours sharpening their knives to the point that they can't even use it to cut the meat that, that needs to be cut because they're still sharpening it, that doesn't make any sense. It's, the, the point of sharpening, even, even as he's going to say, that it's a heksha mitzvah, it's not a heksha mitzvah, it's a mitzvah, but its mitzvah status is that it helps you serve Hashem. So... If, you, if, it, if it ends up taking away from your service of Hashem, because it takes up so much of your time, then obviously it doesn't make sense, and that, you're not doing it right. Um, but, like he said, any action which takes away from a person's readiness to serve Hashem, and makes him less fit to serve Hashem, whether physically, mentally, or emotionally, so he cannot claim such an action as a turning towards Hashem, even if he wants to try to fake it to himself, but it can't be, because... You're, not, you're, you're, you're hurting yourself and you're, you're taking away from your ability to serve Hashem. So, Ad, ad Kedai, the Ramchal, really, when he talks about precious, he says that precious on things that you need is in precious. And, right, there, it's not precious, Lechaira falls into this category. That means, just like there's a mitzvah to eat when it makes you healthy, there's a mitzvah to not eat when that makes you healthy, but you can't not eat in a way that makes you unhealthy. And if a person does, they can't claim that act as an act of service of Hashem. Now, again, obviously, any time a person doesn't eat to a certain extent, they're going to be weak a little bit. And, and it will hurt their Avaz Hashem a certain amount. Uh, they're not going to be at peak performance, let's say. But at the same time, um, it benefits them a lot. So th- there has to be like a weighing of it. But if a person s- s- sees the precious itself the very act that I'm not giving in to myself as being the service, it has to be done in a way that does not hurt the rest of his Avayz Hashem. And, and if it does, then that's not Avayz Hashem. If a person doesn't take what he needs, doesn't sleep enough, doesn't eat enough, he doesn't relax enough, so that's not a mitzvah. It can't be a mitzvah, because one of the good dharma of a mitzvah is that it has to be in a way that brings, uh, sharpens the tool and makes you more able to use your guf 
and the world around you to serve Hashem. So, so that, that was one rule. So now he said, um, in, the, in this print here, it's on page Chavdalad, right at the end of, right at the, end of, of the second paragraph. So he says, uh, not only does it have to actually be healthy, but it also, in order to be certainly on the highest level of being the type of mitzvah that we're discussing here, it ha- you need kavana. And it's in these sort of mitzvahs, mitzvahs that involve, or, or, or actions that involve uh, doing things that you're anyways driven to do, so kavana is even more important. Because you're, the, the etzem act is an act that could be turn, turning away from Hashem. It's an act of turning inwards to, your, to yourself and your guf. What makes it Ratzon Hashem, and what makes it a powerful Ratzon Hashem, is that, Hagufo, while I'm doing the things that are me, I'm thinking about you. Right? Someone who's, uh, you know, he's trying to work on his marriage. So, you know, he makes sure when he comes, he's talking to, he calls, you know, he makes sure to speak to his wife when he comes, he doesn't go straight to the newspaper, and he makes sure to compliment her, and he's very busy with her when he's at home. That's nice and very important, and, and, and not just very important, that the icker building of the marriage is going to happen in that setting, because it can, because it, it, that's when they can interact with each other, they can see each other face to face, a lot of the depth of what's going on can happen there. But there's a certain... The uh, thing that has to be brought out is that in the middle of the day, he gives her a call, right? And he says, you know, I was thinking about it. That's, that's like, it's a different league. It's not, the, it's not the meat and potatoes, but there's a certain depth to it because it's not when I'm with you. I'm thinking about you when I'm not with you. I'm turning myself towards you when circumstances don't force me to. Right? Melo, when we're together anyways, I'm going to focus on you. That's, that's very nice. But are, are you my life? That we see when you're not involved in the things that you forced to be involved in. When you're far away and you still are able to think about it. The Gemara says, and Rebelsky used to quote this all the time, I, I believe it's Sajr Yosef and Chisma. The Gemara says he was such a, what we would call like an absent-minded professor. So, uh, what really was, he was Oduk and Torah, that he would, he would go to the Mikvah, it sounds like, and he would start to get undressed, and he would take off his outer clothing, and then he would get into a sugya and zhup, walk out of the mikvah, undressed, and it sounds like in his underwear, and be found in the marketplace someplace. Um, and uh, thinking of Savar. Imamish, they say Rav Shach used to be that way. Right? His, his Rebson sent him out to get, a, to get a watermelon, he came back like this. I'm making a hand motion holding a watermelon, no watermelon. It had fallen out somewhere many blocks back, and he wasn't there. Adkidei, before, before Etzro was uh, made into a state, the, and, and uh, the British were in control, they gave him a pass that if you see him out after curfew, he's not breaking the curfew, it's just that he's pushing, not here. He's not said That's actually how he got his first job as, uh, as a Rashiva. His first job as a Rashiva was in Stalin. And uh, the way he got it, there was a Matzis meeting going on, and he walked into the Matzis meeting, and went over to the Briskorov, uh, to the Reb Chaim, at, uh, the brisk grove, and he started to discuss a shtikl Torah with him. And like the oil looked at him, hello, it's the middle of a meeting. What? And he looked up 
He's like, Oi! And got all embarrassed and ran out. So the risk girl told him, I'm telling you, this younger man did not know there was a meeting going on. He didn't see you when he walked in. His head is cool tired. And that's all he saw. He was, had a conscience. He came to me. And it, so the, the, the Stolen Rebbe at the time said, that's who I want my Talmud to see as Rashiva. And he hired him as Rashiva. It lasted for one L. <laughs> he, was, he was for a, a half a year. And then L time, all the Talmud then got up and we're going to Rebbe. And he said, what's this? And so we're going to Rebbe for L. And he says, what? The yeshiva closed that L. And he quit on the spot. And he went to Rebbe and he told him, I just quit. You know, so Rebbe told him, what, what does that mean? I understand what your problem is, but how are you solving it by having them have no Rosh Hashiva? And even when they get back, they don't have Rosh Hashiva. He says, until they find someone new, don't quit. So he reinstated himself, or got reinstated, and he stayed on until the next Rosh Hashiva came, of Shabbos Yegel, and, and that, was, uh, that was the more permanent choice. But that's how he got the job. So a, a person, this Yosef Echism was like that. He had, his head was cool and tight. So the Gemara Lemaisa says that whenever he went to the Shuk, he brought something home for his wife. Right, a little trinket, something he had picked up, up uh, either food or a little something, to show that he was thinking of her. And he can't think of anything. <laughs> but it, everything gets knocked out of his head by Tara. But the wife can't get knocked out of the head by Tara, or you certainly can't let her know that she was. And, and, um, and, if, she, and if she does, if she feels that way, then she's going to feel that Tara is a competition with, with her, and she's going to make it known. And she's going to complain about it. And you have to, as much as you can, and, and, she's, and, and she deserves it because of what she does as your wife, that she's the number one priority. And if she calls in the middle of a meeting, and she knows that there was a meeting going on, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You have to take the call, especially if you know she knows you. Know. If, she, if she doesn't know, then you cannot take the call and call back and say, you know, I assume. But if she knows, then it's one of two things. It's either an emergency... Or it's because she wants to see that she's more important than your meeting. The Hagufa is what she's there for. And if you want to answer the phone, you'll get a hundred calls. Well, not necessarily that day, but over the course of days, because she's feeling threatened. She sees that there's something, your meetings, your job, that are more important than she is. Or more pervasive than she is. And she's not going to allow it to happen. Hopefully, if it's a good marriage. Um, she's going to try to reassert her number one position. And, and, and she has a right to that. And you should... You should give her that right. So, so too, when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's really, that's the number one spot, because to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's, there's the Iker marriage, which is through mitzvahs, which is through Avayis Hashem, Torah, Yira, Davening, the, the mitzvah Shabachot Yom, Barachas, all the, all the mitzvahs, mitzvahs. But there's a certain depth that only comes out when a person is not doing mitzvahs. And they're taking care of themselves. They're, so to speak, on the job. They left the house and now they're out doing what needs to get done. They're bringing in the money, so to speak. And the fact that I have Hashem with me even there, and that He's my number one priority even there, that's the full depth of Yiddishkeit comes out there. Again, it's not, it's not the meat and potatoes, but it's the depth is there. So, so um, uh, if a person has to have in mind, though, in order to make that happen, and... By having in mind, you bring out this, you, you, and you create it also. Uh, we're not born having that connection to Hashem. When a person, during any act that he's doing, turns himself towards Hashem, and constantly, and even if you forget, but you remind yourself, you say, oh God, I remember about Hashem here. So then, every time you do that, you're bringing Hashem further and further into the entirety of your life. And that's a very important thing. 
So, um, so you should have this kavana that you should be muchen it's a very interesting concept of what a goof is. Uh, even, even the Ramchal, who's the, the Baal Hashita, that the goof and the Shama is the person. It's not a Neshama that just uses a goof. But in, in the blend of goof and Neshama, the way we're supposed to view it is, is that the, the goof is a tool for the Neshama. And the... the it's like a a horse in horse racing, you know the, the horse is called the athlete, and no one really remembers the jockeys. But in the end, the one who gets the money and the one who's the winner, the horse doesn't realize that it's a winner. Uh, they, they try to ride it up as if he does. Pro- probably he doesn't. I can't get into the horse's mind. He probably does not cop that he won. He gets some extra oats and carrots and whatever. It's it's kishmak. but you know, and he may enjoy the fact that. Uh, the other horse that he was trying to get ahead of him didn't get ahead of him. The concept of winning a race and going down in history, he has no sense of that. That's the owner and the, and the, the trainer and the jockey who, who recognize those things. What do they do? They put a tremendous amount of thought and effort and, and chachma into training the horse to be the perfect tool to carry the jockey where he wants to go. And then the jockey's job is to figure out how to get every ounce out of that horse. Um, now... The, where, the mus- where that muscle breaks down is Lamaisa, the jockey is just trying to get the, the horse to be an excellent horse. Um, here, you're trying to not do that. You're trying to do your things, not the horse's things. Right? And, and we, that's where people, um, you know, we discussed once about just like mental training and that sort of thing. A person who becomes a Navy SEAL, so he's, he's taught himself to overcome adversity and to never give up and he's really honed his body both mental and physical into a, the, a, a, a near you know supreme tool but it's all about turning the body into a supreme tool that's what you've trained your body to do is to be perfect but you haven't trained it to listen to the neshama you haven't trained it to do anything useful like I pointed out why aren't the Navy SEALs running the world if they have all these, they overcome challenges, they're problem solvers, and do, 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 all these things, so why aren't they all running the world? Why aren't they the head of every country? Every country has a, a special ops unit. That's just because they, they became horses. They became thoroughbreds. And they're, they're supremely primed, and not just physically. They're primed mentally too, but it's not pointed at anything. It's not, they haven't been primed to, to break out of being about myself and about my being prime and to see, so now what should I do with this ability? And that's where we have to take it. We have to take it that once we get the body fully primed, so now what, what are we meant to do with it? And what we're meant to do with it is to bring out HaKadosh Baruch as much as we can and to connect to HaKadosh Baruch and do mitzvahs. And all these type of mitzvahs are there in order to enable us to do the other type of mitzvahs. To do what Hashem says to do. And that's when a person who stays and becomes uh, so, you know, he gets control of himself that he can eat lishma. So he just eats lishma a lot. No, sorry. You have, to, you have to take that ability and now do what you're supposed to do with it. Eat your matzah and be kula lishma instead of it. And, 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 and to eat, you know, whatever else you need. Carbonis and etc, etc. Now, when you do need to eat in order to give yourself strength, if you're holding on that level, it turns that into a mitzvah too. 
but that can't become the focus of what your life is about. Your life is not going to be about you. It's going to be about, it's supposed to be about Hashem. So, when a person uses the world in this way, that act of using the world is an act of creating shleimus within yourself. Commotion is I like he explained. It's shleimus for him or shleimus for the action. Uh, he's going to get to for the action. for the world. Is what you mean by the action? The fullness of what's being done. No, no, he means it's part of shleimus in yourself. In the person. It creates well, perfection. No, well, that's... Shleimus is, let's say, the mitzvah. No, shleimus is his word for becoming a more... A person who's more done with HaKadosh Baruch. Oh, just another it creates, not, really, not it turns him into a Kaddish. Right, no, it no, adds okay. to his shleimus. Commotion is fire. V'yikna boy mayla amitis, and he... Uh, um, it uh, causes him to acquire a certain true added level. The same way like you get for doing a mitzvah. Just like when you do a mitzvah, you become more perfect, so too here. Now, he's not saying that they're equal in the amount that they do it. Um, and that's, uh, they're for sure not, and if for no other reason, then it's like that with any mitzvah. When Hashem gives a mitzvah clolius, and uh, someone does, but he's not doing a specific pu'ula that Hashem said to do, which would fall under that. Um, let's say, for example, a person uh, does Hashav Zaveda versus a person who does Hashav Zaveda on something that was or- the person was already was already uh, from. So if you know who lost it and you're not a poor person, so Bezin will be koi for you to give it back, even if you picked it up after Yish. Um, you should do what's right. And that's what's right. Uh, a poor person doesn't have to do it. But and especially if the person who lost it was rich. Doesn't have to, but, but a normal person does. It's still not a big, as big a mitzvah as the mitzvah of regular Shavu Zaveda because the regular mitzvah of Shavu is a direct command to you right now. So you're bringing out the specific rots on HaKadosh Baruch when you do it. And in, when it's a mitzvah Klolius, you bring out a general uh, rots on Hashem, but not specific. So it lacks... A certain level of power. So to hear the, the mitzvah that you're getting is a mitzvah kloli, as Hashem said. Now, the question is what mitzvah you're getting. He's going to say it. Kigamze mitzvah aleinu. Because this is also a mitzvah. Lishmar eskufenu. To prepare our guf. Um, to prepare our guf. Lishmar eskufenu. Ba'achana guna l'sheyocha l'avad ba'yi. As Bereno, that we should be able to serve Hashem properly. Uh, um, so, the question is again, what mitzvah is that? It, or it doesn't it, need to be a mitzvah, the way he's explaining oh, it. But he it's, says it is. I know, I'm saying it doesn't need to be a mitzvah even. No, so we discussed this. That it's not the same as a mitzvah. A mitzvah no, is, but it, 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 in order to, to pile shlemas and the shiran and yonim, right? I, I told you that in Rav Kaplan, he touches it. He touches these words, kigam ze mitzvah leinu. The word ki, he touches indeed. Now, it's not only does the power shalim is because you're doing it, it's also a mitzvah. That's not what the word normally means. And from the flow of what he's saying, it doesn't seem to me that that's, it seems to be a, a wrong touch to me. It's because. The, the only reason why it can pile eyes like this is because it's a mitzvah. Because only mitzvahs do what mitzvahs do. In Yonim can pile this in the Himmel. 
They can, they can strain out things. And, and doing that straining out of things, being miyachid yichudim, is a mitzvah. So through backhand, you get a mitzvah for doing that inyan because you're miyachid yichudim, and that's a mitzvah to do. But it, to perfect you, it has to be something Hashem commanded, because that's how Hashem made the Torah. He looked at everything a person needs, all the perfection that can be achieved, and that's what he made Torah. So if it wouldn't be a mitzvah, it, it, not just because it can't, but it wouldn't make sense that it does. In because the, if it would bria, do... In the Bria. In the, yeah, in, in the way Hashem created the world, and the way Hashem be created no you. There have to eat, sleep, talk, or do even in Yonah. There wouldn't be such things. Hashem wouldn't have created such, in, such uh, Metzias in, except because there's Mitzvahs to do with them, so which paralyzes in you. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? So we said. Right. We had it, right. That was that share. That first Hashem looked at himself, so to speak, saw what his perfection is, and based on that, he created mitzvahs that would bring you to that perfection. And then he created the world to match up with those mitzvahs. So that you should have the ability to do them. So if he said, you shouldn't speak Lashon I give you a mouth and the concept of speech and, and, and interaction between people and bad and good. So that there could be a mitzvah called not speaking Lashon So that you could do it so that you become Dhamma Ta'akadosh Baruch that was, that was that Indian. But Lamai said, it seems pretty clear. He's saying it is a mitzvah. The question is which mitzvah it is. And he's not saying it's Heksha mitzvah. He's not saying it's Heksha Mitzvah. Uh, he's saying it's a Mitzvah. So, L'chayra, the Mitzvah that is, it, it, it would seem, I, I looked around, I didn't see anyone say what the Mitzvah is. L'chayra, the Mitzvah is Radov Kabay. In other words, the idea of being Dovok in Machshavah, Ta'akadosh Baruch, and all, there's such a Mitzvah. Hashem says, I want you to be Dovok to me all the time. So when a person is doing things that would be non-Vigistic and misdavik himself, that, such as preparing his body to be healthy so that he can serve Hashem. In other words, basically setting up Heksher Mitzvah is a, aside from the Heksher Mitzvah aspect of it, if you do it, L'Shem being connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And sometimes we do Heksher Mitzvah because we have to do the Mitzvah. Right? When you buy, an, when you go, you're going to Mitzvah Shem. We're all going to build it. We're going to be very busy with Heksher Mitzvah. Basically for the next month. Right? The Lashon HaTor is, right? why did Hashem put, uh, why, why, uh, uh, that, that, that until after Sukkot, the Chesh Ben doesn't start because you're too busy to do an Averis. You're for sure not doing Averis because you don't have any time. I don't know what it's supposed to mean because it's pretty easy to do Averis without, you know, all you come in is, what type of Meicher S. Regim is this? He calls this for, right? Lashon Hara, up to Wazoo, you just got, and you may have heard his business like real Lashon Hara, they're right to Mamish. But uh, you have to be very careful what you say when you know uh, the, the Baltvila. Please, uh, <laughs> it's amachloikis uh, and 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 lashon hara and kol minei can happen. Mamish, while you're busy saying hamalcha kodesh, so so uh, uh, okay. But um, whatever. But he says you can be very busy. When a person puts up his sukkah, what's his kavon? If his kavana is, there's a mitzvah, Hashem says, I have to have a sukkah, I want to do what Hashem says, so I'm going to put up a sukkah, that's beautiful, and you get schar for hekshemitz. That's hekshemitz. But if a person says, Hashem says, I need to build a sukkah. So, right now, I want to be oisik in that rosan Hashem. When I put up my sukkah, I'm now doing what Hashem says. 
I'm taking time out of my schedule to, so that the rots the, the on Hashem should be able to be installed because I want right now to do what Hashem wants for me. And right now what Hashem wants for me is to get my sukkah set up. Then it's not heksha mitzvah. It's mitzvah of the Dovkabai. Yeah, am I saying crazy zach? This is one of the things I'm not sure about. But this is what I think. I, I think well, what's that... What's dangerous about that is is when the heksha is not heksha anymore and that becomes a focus. Isn't that all? That's so by Hasidim, right, which, I am, which I am, which I am, again, everyone, my, my wife makes fun of me every time I say I'm Hasidish. And she's right, because my, my Shaykhis to my Rebbe is very shvach, um, and, and it's, not, not, it's not proper, it shouldn't be that way. And, and it's, 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 it's a pagam in the whole Hasidish guy. When I say I'm Hasidish, it's because Lamaisa, my understanding of Derech of Hashem, follows along the lines of Hasidish more than, in certain ways, I'm mixed up too. Tardas boy, what are you supposed to do? But uh, I, I at least try to be yonik from that sad. So by Hasidim, they say that the heksha mitzvah is aggressive in the mitzvah. And the Litvaks go crazy from it. They get so upset every time they hear a chazid say it. And they, they, they hold its car of topic curses. And on the surface, it seems like, come on, what? what? That the heksha mitzvah, preparing for the mitzvah, is bigger than the mitzvah itself. What's that supposed to mean? Hashem is the mitzvah of the mitzvah. The Hashem is at best. You're like an ena mitzvah. So I think that what we're saying here is a hezber hadover. You know, it's not referring to any hashem mitzvah. It's referring to the way Hasidim do hashem mitzvah, which is that it's an avoida. In other words, they are bedafka. They're makbid to do the mitzvah by hashem mitzvah. They would prefer to have. And I can relate to this because that's the way I am. I would prefer, I have a wood panel sukkah. Three, four, five of my panels have like a little knocked out window in them where it tipped over onto one of the chairs on the porch because I was holding it up with one foot while I was trying to do another thing with my hand and zip tying them together and screwing them in. And uh, to me, that's a, that is, it's, it's, much, it's a much better sukkah than a lighter sukkah. Not co- the lighter sukkahs are clearly nicer. They're nice sukkahs, and there's a beauty in the mitzvah when you do it that way. But there's a, a geschmack by me in having sweat pouring down my face in order to build my sukkah. That the, the sukkah that I'm going to sit in was done with tremendously hard work and splinters and, and things breaking and falling and having to go to the store 600 times because I didn't realize I needed that piece and that piece, and now this store closed down. I don't know what they were thinking. Right, the Rockland hardware store that was on the corner over there, that, that, that's where everyone used to run. I know, no, there's Jewish places now that they don't go to, but, but uh, it, it, there's a zach to that, and to, to do it bedavka that way, you're not going to find the chosid using a crack off top uh, by, by his, what's it called, by his chanakaneris. Uh, now, by the Litvak, what is Bittel Torah? Would go learn another Taisis. And the MS is that, that if you do that as, as that's your Heksha Mitzvah, to learn the Sugya, and, and so then that's also a Zach. But, but, most people have time for both. Um, so, so to, to Bidafka make your own wicks, I, they come out funny looking, and you have all your candles are different heights, and, and, and it's talking interesting. And then it falls in, and it goes out, and you have to relight it 600 times. And, and this is with the Hanukkah party coming up. But, but Hogufa is that, this is what I'm Oisik in. I, I last, when was it? Uh, it was last year. I, I went to my Shvigar for some Yontav, I think it was Shavuos. 
it got very busy, and I ended up, I wasn't, I had to run back home for something, I ended up not being able to daven in the minyanim that were, the, the normal minyanim that I would daven in, I had to daven across the street, across the street is a real, like, chassidish place without any, any, any things, so I come in, uh, I won't say shkia comes and goes, because they wouldn't daven after shkia, the Litvish Shkia comes and goes, Rabbeinu Tam, and Kol HaGoinim, and all the other people, whatever, all like Rabbeinu Tam, his Shkia was still yet to come. The other one is sitting, right, the other one knows, right, because they don't just ignore Shkia. They don't, the Amshin of Rebbe doesn't go with Zman, or at least, whatever, in a different way. But the Reh Chassidim are just, they're going like Rabbeinu Tam, it's not, they don't daven Mincha after 72. They have an up till 72 because that's when the whole shkia is. It's, not, it's just a regular machlaikis. But so it, it was 60, I think, uh, Kimat, uh, 55 when they started Mincha. So it's dark outside already. And the, you know, we have Mincha, okay, very nice. And then, so someone gets up. So I, I thought for sure, like they're going to have the Lechadoidi guy ready. They start hacking the same way like an every show. I, it's at 72 already, and it's now, you know, my kids are asleep in Islam. They're busy figuring out who's going to dive in, and then he gets up, and he starts the, the way everyone does. Slow, he, the niggin he picked went on, like, forever. And then the Rebbe himself decides he's going to dive and that goes on forever. And then when they're finished, no one's in a rush to go. Everyone's Shalom Aleichem in and good Shabbos and Shmizing. And, and there's a certain gish beauty of the way, but if you get to Echte Hasidim, who haven't become American, they have their, their things also that are problematic. But then it's not Goyishkeit. It's the, everything is about the mitzvahs and the avoid the, again, and, and there's a lot of other things mixed in there too that you could do even when you're a yid. But there's a certain geschmack about the fact that um, in, in our circles, there's many kids who starting uh, a certain point in the year, they, don't, they have never heard, they don't hear Kiddush, they don't hear Avdal. Right, it's, it's, it happens at eight o'clock at night. That's past bedtime. Bedtime is sankrasan. There's nothing lamaila me bedtime, and and if 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 kiddush is happening at, at, at nine o'clock at night, so the kid won't hear kiddush. That's all he has to go to sleep. And if havdola happens at nine forty-five, forget it. He's not here. Maybe we'll remember to tell him to say I'm havdola in the morning. But by chasidim, there's no havamin of such a zach. What we have to do is the kid has to hear kiddush. What, what will be with... The, now, again, when you dive in at 10.30, the next day, it makes it a lot easier to be that way. I'm masking, masking. I'm not saying that that part... Uh, again, how to be both is a big challenge. But the idea, the idea that... No. Kiddush comes first. And we'll figure it out after that. I remember when my, when my Shmei was nested on Shmei says So the, the, the Levaya was on Sumustar. We walked to the cemetery... Then we walked back from the cemetery. So the whole thing, we, we were walking back at 2 o'clock in the morning. The Hasidim, I don't know if they were going to Tish or coming back from Tish. Whole families, little kids eating lollipops. You know, like, my kids are not allowed to eat a lollipop. Sugar? After, like, I don't know, within an hour of bedtime? No, it's going to ruin the bedtime. No, what do you mean? And no, it's, it's, it's not, it's a totally different world. But, but it's, there's a zach to it. So when a person, the mitzvah, if you're doing your hechsher mitzvah as just hechsher mitzvah, 
look, I got to get a luluf, so I, I have to shake a luluf, so I'm going to go buy a luluf. That hechsha mitzvah is not better than a mitzvah. That can't be. But when your hechsha mitzvah is a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah of a dafka boy. You're bedafka doing hechsha mitzvah. I am, l'shem yichud put on the gadol, go to the mikveh and the shtraimel beforehand. I am now taking out time bedafka to go bake my own matzahs. I know I can go get them in the store. But I'm not going to do it that way. I'm cutting out my busy, I, I, right? I mean, think when the Beis HaMikdash comes, right? Erev Pesach. Toodaloo! Finish up all the Erev Pesach stuff yourself, Mrs. Freed. I'm uh, going to, I have to bring a carbon Pesach now. And the whole day you're gone. Erev Pesach. And you come back at night carrying the food. Right? And that's it. And, and, right? and that's the way it's going to be. And she's going to go, how could you leave me like this? Right? You say, be happy I brought you to Yerushalayim. The neighbor just left his wife back at home and he came himself and he's been gone for a week and she cleaned the whole house herself. And he's not even home. So, so that's the way it's going to be. Right? So let's get start getting used to it. This is an Indian of Erev Pesach. Everyone holds it at Indian. There's such an Indian. So you tell your wife, on shoulders, gotta go. And, and assuming that she's a proper Hasidista, she's into it too. She would never have it otherwise, right? She's what they, the family should eat, not Arab Pesach matzahs, that's Kamat Chometz. Okay, the other way it's Kamat Chometz, but uh, my, my mother used to work in Williamsburg and as a doctor. She was a secretary for a doctor. She heard from uh, the wife of, a, of a, a, a Rebbe, we won't say which one, so as not to uh, implicate the guilty. She, as soon as she brings in those matzahs, she takes them, puts them, she hides them. <laughs> And she gives him different matzahs. She says, I spent the, a month getting the house clean. And he brings in chametz and Arab Pesach. <laughs> he does not hold those matzahs. Arab Pesach, they're very rushed. And, and uh, not everything goes as it should. Yeah, so so uh, she wasn't happy with them. But, but again, the, the, so when a person does it like that, when a person takes, uh, again, and these are extreme examples, but in the, in the more simple examples, a person, you know, even something as simple as Bringing his kettle to the, to the to the to the you know the washing machine place, uh, the cleaners. Um, if he does it because he needs a kettle, good. It's beautiful zah. If he does it because I'm I'm putting this on my schedule when I have a lot of other things to do, because I'm turning to Hashem today, so then it it ha- it's a mitzvah. So it already has mitzvah power. And it's a mitzvah that you had to carve out, that it wasn't there for you. So, in a, like we spoke, in a certain sense that has a deeper element to it. And that's the type of thing where you can at least hear what Hasidim are talking about when they say that Haksha mitzvah is greater than the mitzvah itself. Um, okay, so, so, oh. So he says, if a person does this, he used the world with this kavana, and not only is he having kavana, but he's, he's actually doing it in a way that it brings about this ending. Like we need. A person becomes uplifted by this maisa. So not like the problem that we were dealing with, that he gets turned away from Hashem. Other rabbi gets more closer to Hashem. And the world itself becomes uplifted through it. Because it helps him to serve his creator. Now, for two weeks already, I'm, I'm struggling with this line. This is where I'm getting stuck. Because in the Sharm, uh, he seems very clear 
that the only time this happens is for a Kaddosh. That's the last, that's the last Madrag in the Sefer. And he says that any, he's pretty clear about it. He, he says that when it says that Yaakov, that the stones wanted to go on Yaakov's head, it's because he was holding on the love of Kedusha, and he's Meirich bit it a lot. Um, here it seems to be for anything. And there's other places also where that it seems that any time a person uses the world L'shem Shemayim, that it lifts up the world. So that, we're going to have to talk about that, Bez Hashem, next year. So, um, just uh, again, tonight is the last night of the year. It's Kabrinkin Svarim that um, a person in the last week, so you could be misakin on each day anything that happened on that day throughout the year. And it's also bring that on the last day, you can misakin everything from the year. Uh, um, you're working with the Mamash, the very, the, back to the DNA. And uh, the Rosh Hashanah is called the Rosh Hashanah because in the uh, extrapolating outwards, it works the other way. That when a person lays down the foundations that they lay down during Rosh Hashanah, build outwards throughout the year, and a person can create a different darga for the entire year based on their Avodah of Rosh Hashanah. So before we meet next time, it's Shema Thursday, the whole so we should take the opportunity that presents itself today and over the next two days to both be Masaki and everything that we did this year to build forward, going forward and Mr. Shem, we shall be Zoycha to a Sivach, Sivach, Taiva, like a Kabanshtia.